1: March was a busy month for entrepreneurs and small businesses. Some were prepared for pitch competitions to raise funding for their enterprises. As the news about the coronavirus, the virus that causes COVID-19, started to spread around the globe, many pitch competitions were canceled or postponed due to the pandemic. Recognizing how entrepreneurs worked very hard to prepare for its annual competitions, One school pressed on and decided not to cancel their competition by turning it into a virtual event. The Maryland Institute College of Art, known as MICA, Upstart Venture Competition, acknowledged the efforts of eight students and alumni of the program who worked very hard to get to the final stage of the competition. Micaiah Hewley, an alum of the MICA program, was thrilled that her alma mater pivoted during this difficult time and acted with urgency to change the competition around. She was one of the winners of the competition and walked away with $29,750 in funding. We are all excited to have MICA on the show to talk about makers for humankind and all in one shoe that functions as both a sneaker and sandal with parts that could be switched out depending on what the occasion and cause were. Welcome to the show, Micah. Thank McCann, you. I'm over here I- pronouncing your name, and I've worked with you only, what, five years now? <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> Thanks for having me. We you. also have a special guest, too, who decided to join us, our fourth co-host, um, Mac Conwell. And uh, so when you hear a voice just jumps in this show, that's our friend Mac who has a separate show from Get Found, Get Funded. We are excited to have you. And uh, one disclosure we'd like to add, um, Micaiah is our graphic designer. She's been with us since the beginning, and she's also a graphic designer for XPR. But she'll talk about all the wonderful things she's doing Um as we get into the questions. So Micaiah, what started you in design? So I fell in love with graphic design in
2: high school. It was more suited for me other than like taking regular art painting and design connected me to like working with people and providing a service which like art really didn't, you know, captivate my attention or provided that opportunity for me.
3: Micaiah, I'd love to hear about how you kind of found design and how it morphed into the technical side because I know when I was growing up a lot of folks really enjoyed art but bringing it over to the technical side of things and using some of those tools can be a little tricky for some folks how how did you get into that part of it
2: yeah so design design allows me to connect with people on a higher level from like developing their branding to anything like for visual communication And I think it's more powerful than art because it's really like a person-to-person thing because it deals with communication. Um, But then also, like, art can be used as an element for graphic design.
3: But were you able to have access to, I don't know, whatever kind of design tools you used in high school? Were they available to you there?
2: Oh, yeah, definitely. So at my school, um, Overly High School in Baltimore, we had, like, the... the top notch products. We use Apple products. We use the Adobe software. And this was about 10 years ago when we already had like the opportunity to use the, the program. So I got like a head start, you know, from the beginning on how I can use these tools for, you know, for my own creative abilities and also for like, you know, creating funds for
1: myself as an entrepreneur. How did you come up with the idea of, of the footwear? and Why was it so important to you? So I heard from a, a pastor
2: one day, he said, your talent is what you're paid for, but your gift is what you're made for. So I thought about that and I said, you know, how am I using my talent and also my, my gift um, to either benefit me financially or to benefit my vision? And footwear has always been my passion and my gift. And it didn't come about until I started to go to Micah and... For my senior thesis, I was focusing on how can I use, you know, my passion in this project. Um, it wasn't a footwear project. I was doing research on um, the needs for for the homeless population. Most of my projects at MICA dealt with either, you know, design for the homeless community or for footwear generally, generally because I have a passion for it. So once I found out that socks were one of their number one needs, I said, man, like I could use, you know, their need as a basis to create my product. So like, that's how I got into, you know, actually designing a product for first was for the, for the homeless population.
4: So McKay, I I love the quote that you mentioned. And then <clears throat> I also love kind of the process you went through. So, you know, just to reiterate, you're part of a class. They ask you a question of how you might change the world. And then you look at your own talents and gifts and passion. And you say, I love footwear. How can I take footwear and apply it to some of the challenges I see in the community? So I think that process is absolutely amazing. And I want to ask you a question because I, I, you know, uh, get this question a lot or, or in my own mind confused about the difference between a sneaker head and then someone who's actually designing a product for functionality can you can you talk a little bit about that yeah a lot
2: of people get like confused that because you you love footwear or you're a designer or footwear designer that you're a sneakerhead and i'm not a sneakerhead at all like i love footwear generally I, I actually love product design so when you think about sneakerheads they're more focused on the aesthetic and the trend, like what's happening at the time and who's wearing it, you know, who's sporting it. Whereas the designer is more focused on the functionality and how the footwear is gonna be used and what what's it used for.
1: Micaiah, we're in the middle of this pandemic, as I mentioned earlier, um, COVID-19, and you mentioned uh, people who are on their feet all day. Uh, I would assume that, and since you did mention there are doctors and lawyers, excuse me, doctors and nurses you are imagining that we use this shoe, um, folks who are right now on the front line, uh, can you explain a little bit further how those folks could, you know, Benefit from using a shoe like yours um, being on their feet all day. Yes.
2: Yeah, so as I did more research on my own product I started to think about like the other opportunities that my product provided so my product is already comfortable It's interchangeable, but it's it's not just for the homeless community It's for everyone who's on their feet for long periods of time and that's what the design is based on So I started to look at people like doctors, you know nurses teachers people that are on their feet serving others, and I kind of pivoted towards kind of wrapping my business model around those people, that demographic, with the hope to still um, benefit the homeless community by giving 10% of my profit to them in either footwear or, or funds.
0: Hey, McKay, I got a question for you. So it's interesting to hear how you say the initial idea for this product came from trying to create footwear for the homeless population and starting with the idea of a sock and turning that into a a different kind of product. Can you talk us through how the vision for your product has changed over time as you've gone through this process?
2: Yeah, definitely. Um, According to statistics, about 61% of people are on their feet um, all day long. And this is really talking about our healthcare workers for the most part. I know during the pandemic, people are, you know, working up to 16 hours on a shift. And one of the recommendations from my research, I found out that they're kind of like recommended to change their shoes during their shift, to change their socks and things like that. So my, my shoe provides that, you know, from being able being able to take out the sock when you need it to swap it out, um, being able to sort of like, reassemble and assemble the shoe as needed. So I'm trying to create a product where people can, you know, they're not limited by the sneaker itself. Like they could change it up however they may need to use it at the time.
3: Let's back up a little bit, Makaya, cause I'd really like to hear about kind of the evolution of how you got involved with this pitch competition, which by the way, congratulations. I mean, that is such a huge accomplishment. To be the first the first prize winner of you know a a competition for the entire school like that and um, that's just that's just really very impressive so congratulations Um, back up a little bit and tell us like what was the competition about how did that become of interest to you Um, because there's there's a little bit of a gap between coming up with a product idea and then turning it into an entrepreneurial venture, right? So talk to us about the competition, you know, how you got involved and maybe what support you got as well.
2: Yeah, so the competition is for um, recent graduates of MICA and for seniors that's currently enrolled. And I think the goal for the competition itself is to help creatives have a opportunity to become entrepreneurs. So when I first heard the, you know, that this was a thing, you know, I was like, man, I got to get ready for this. Like, I was so geared up to apply. So I didn't apply my year graduating. I applied this year. So I graduated last year. So for a whole year, I was working on my my concept, my, my product. And at the end of last year, when I presented my thesis, my product was at its beginning stages. Um, and during that process, I reached out to you know the school staff to see if there's any opportunities for me to you know work on my product you know things that i could use at school and then i went to openworks which is a maker space in baltimore and i started to use their 3d printers to print out my shoe um not a wearable one yet but you know a model that people can see and observe so i used that resource then i started to reach out to my network um i reached out to xena she connected me with Rashad uh, Moore and Christina. Thank you, Christina, for your advice. And I used that advice to, you know, to, to continue to work on my product and to think about other things that I could do to enhance my product. And all those things helped me to get to the next level in the competition. It kind of, like, geared me up for the competition. I think I was, like, super prepared on, you know, in the first round of the competition, all the way to like the last part as well.
4: So I want to highlight one thing and your progress from, I think the first time we met till now has been amazing. And so being able to to take feedback and adjust and really dive into the end product and what you're delivering was, is amazing. I want to first highlight, you know, it's just important that Colleges and universities are actually real resources that people can use, whether you're an alumni or a current student. So I love the fact that you were able to go back and, and leverage this as an opportunity to advance your business. Um, the second thing, and, and something I want to go back to and what Aurelia was alluding to earlier, is just as an early stage business and entrepreneur, there's, there's always a balance between your initial vision and then your product market fit and using resources and people in between to kind of help you navigate that process and really nail your market entry. So within Micah and beyond, what are some other resources that really helped you, you know, whether it was judges or mentors or other folks that may have helped you uh, really develop uh, the business idea so that when, as you mentioned, being ready uh, and prepared to pitch, obviously, coming in first place is, is validation, not only of your ability to articulate your problem, but also, um, you know, just knowledge of the subject area. But what were some other resources, if you could give kind of two or three uh, points for folks that may be going into pitch competitions, what were kind of two or three resources that were really helpful for you?
2: I would say that having a mentor is probably one of the number one resources that was provided by Micah, you know, once you get to the second round, they provide you a mentor that could help you mold your business concept, you know, all the financial things and really helping you kind of like guide you to, you know, to that pitch or to thinking about your business on another level. So I had the opportunity to work with a dynamic mentor. um, And she, she, she was like, I came to her with my concepts and then she helped me take it to the next level. So I would say definitely mentorship. Um, also using your relationships. I use a lot of my friends to critique my work, critique my project, make me think about, you know, like, okay, are there going to be other colors to the shoe? Are there going to be, you know, you know, other fits? Is is this going to, who is this shoe for? So they had me thinking about a lot of different things. So I really tapped into my school network. I tapped into um, my friends, also my other mentors like Zena to really prepare me to this level.
1: Micaiah, can you explain how Mac was involved in this um, process?
2: Yeah. So what's so interesting is that I remember last year sometime I had talked to Mac about, you know, I'm looking for a to get a patent, right? So I hit Mac up on on Facebook and I asked him for some advice. He gave me advice. And this was before I applied to this competition. So once I applied to the competition, I found out that Mac was a part of it. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like, this is like, it's a blessing because it was like, wow, God is kind of guiding me to like, this is where I'm supposed to be. So Mac was, he was basically mentoring us through the pitching part. So it was toward the end where we were able to pitch to him with our other peers. And he gave us, he gave me a lot of great advice, especially on, you know, my slides and, you know, me being able to pitch in a certain format. So he definitely helped me and he was a benefit to me and the team.
0: Well, I'm glad I was helpful. Um, <clears throat> as Zena said, you know, I was a part of this, uh this pitch competition and I've been a part of it for the last three years. And I've I've done, I've been a judge once, but I always do the, the the pitch uh, preparing, but there was something a little different this year, right? Um, In previous years, we prepared the companies to get ready to pitch and then they get in front of a huge crowd and they have two pitches. They have one in the morning for investors and they have one in the evening for, you know, the community. Well, unfortunately with COVID, things were a little different this year. You know, the pitches had to be virtual. Um, There was this, um, the voting wasn't in real time during the pitch, but there was like this online voting system. Talk to us a little bit what it was like going from preparing to pitch in front of a giant crowd to knowing that you had to do a virtual pitch and, and getting yourself prepared for that. What was that experience like?
2: That was, for me, it was a benefit because I had the opportunity to use my graphic design skills. You know, to show the judges, like, boom, not only do I have the product, I have the visuals. I'm, I'm my own designer as well. So that was definitely a benefit. It was a little frightening not being able to pitch, you know, in the format that we were planning to pitch. But I think everyone adjusted. And that, I think that's the blessing that the school still gave us the opportunity to, um to pitch, although, you know, we're in this stay at home and, you know, with COVID-19. So that was definitely a blessing.
4: So I I think, you know, McKay, I just, I I love your examples. And and one of the things, a couple of things that you're highlighting for us and for other listeners is that one, you leveraged your talents that you already had to really bolster kind of your position in this competition and, and, and beyond The other is that you use your resources. So I love, you know, the fact that even a year before the pitch competition, you connected with Mac, you know, sometimes those relationships are really, really, not sometimes, many times those relationships are really important and it provides people the opportunity to really give you direct feedback. And again, if you're taking that feedback and implementing it, it only positions you better. The other part is that it is a small community. And so um, I'm just, I'm, really happy to hear you're using your talents, the resources around you, and then, you know, responding to that, um, to that feedback. What, what do you think, you know, as you look at going through and winning the pitch competition and kind of in reflection and retrospect, what do you think helped you check all the boxes to stand out as the winner?
2: Yeah. So I was, um, I think what made me stand out is that I was really prepared. My business plan was clear. Um, I gave a clear mission and objective for, you know, what I was trying to do. And also, like, I showed my passion and what I was trying to do in my business. And I believe the judges really felt like I had a solid vision. Um, I also had my prototypes with me. So I definitely believe that gave me an advantage because I've have already started working on my prototypes. And, and Mac, what, what would
4: you say stood out to, to you or other judges that were part of this process?
0: One, I would say her her pitch was is very fluid and you could tell something she's practiced a lot. Also, her product was further developed than a lot of her competitors, or the other people in the class. Um, and she was one of the few who had an actual product that tied into a social mission. Um, some of the other companies were purely social or nonprofits and things of that order. And so, you know, for Micaiah's company, it was a really clear cut what her business was, uh, the problem she was attacking, where it fit into the market, and also how it also did good for her community. So I think that's what really helped her stand out for sure.
3: Micaiah, one of the things that we see a lot, and you've been working on this for a long time, <clears throat> And, you know, we met with you um, over Whiteboard and Wine, like one of those um, sessions. And you also talked about having a mentor and receiving a lot of feedback from a lot of folks. One of the most important things that we know about entrepreneurs is that they're teachable and they're flexible and they're able to take input. And they also need to know when not to take input and how to be true to their own vision. Talk to us a little bit about how that worked for you.
2: Yeah, so... Feedback is really valuable. Um, I take feedback serious um, because I want to be able to apply it to my work and my design practice. And, um, you know, some of the most valuable feedback I got from was Rashad Moore and Christina because of who they were, right, who they are as investors. So I already know if I want to get to the next level, the, the feedback that they gave me I have to take into consideration. You know, it was feedback, like, you know, who's going to be your manufacturer? How much does it cost per shoe? Um, you know, have I done more research on my product? So all that information was super valuable and I took it and ran with it.
1: Yeah. With the whiteboard and wine, um, I know that Rashad sent you questions to prepare for that session with us, um, I know when you and I talked about it, you were like blown away when you saw some of the questions. So to, that helped you to prepare as well. Can you talk a little bit more about that? Yeah, definitely. So
2: I remember, you know, you and him always saying, you know, make sure you make sure you have your numbers correct. And that was one of the... I got that from Christina and Aurelia. <laughs> I give them all the credit for that. So, I, would, I, I guess like towards... Me developing my business plan, I was really doing a lot of market research on, you know, the average cost of a shoe and, you know, just all the numbers and how much people are willing to pay and looking at my design and saying, hey, you know, how much would people pay for this? Like, could I also sell the parts separately at another cost? So those numbers were very important and good feedback because I was even more confident in pitching my concept because I knew the numbers and I knew how they worked.
4: I think that's such an important point. I mean, I think Mac, Aurelia, Zina, and I've all been at pitch competitions and you can really tell the people who have done the back work that know how much their product costs, know their profit, know their competitors, know where they're going to enter the market versus those who don't. And I think as Mac alluded to earlier, that was something that came out in your in your pitch, right? Which is why you you won. So just, you know, congratulations all around. We're super excited to see the product grow and you really bring it to market. Tell us how you're going to actually use the award and the money that you've received to further your development.
2: Yeah, so the money is going to be for my first phase in my business, um, my first year. And those funds are going to be dedicated to, you know, me getting a patent as well as um, machines to create my prototypes. So I'm gonna be doing a lot of beta testing. Um, you know, that's basically the the focus because I really want to make sure that my product is ready for the market before I start investing in you know injection molding, which will be my next phase of my business.
0: And so, piggybacking on that, I want to know for you, what is your major goal for your business in 2020? By the end of the year, what is the big thing that you want to get accomplished okay. for your business?
2: So I really want to make sure that my product is ready to be, to be worn and ready to be on the market. Um, I want to connect with a lot of different people and resources and really create a plan, especially during these times, these unprecedented times, and not knowing, you know, as a business, you got to figure out how are you how are you going to operate, um, especially in a time like this. So I'm thinking about how can I leverage, you know, my digital tools, my um, relationships with different brands that, you know, may have a online, you know, um, market or database. You know, how can I leverage, you know, more of my relationships. I'm also going to reach back into companies that I work for, like Johns Hopkins Hospital, and see if I can connect with some of their doctors and have them wear my products for beta testing. Um, Because I want to make sure that my product is, you know, the best product.
3: And what about longer-term vision, Micaiah? Like, what are you seeing after 2020 into 2021 and beyond?
2: Um, My mission and my vision is really to have a cohesive product to, you know, start here in Baltimore. Baltimore is, you know, my home city, it's where I'm from. And I want to make an impact here socially and, you know, just as a business generally. So I know if I could be successful in my own city, that I could go to different cities and do the same thing. So that's a a big goal for me, especially in 2021.
1: And will you keep the name Makers for Humankind uh, for the name of your shoe?
2: Yes, I will. So (laughs) that name, I had a different name before. And the name itself took about a year to create because you you just have to have the right name. So Makers for Humankind, I came up with the name basically by saying that, you know, I believe that everyone in some way, they're creative. And, you know, I'm encouraging people to create products for humanity, create products that are going to change, you know, humanity in some way. So that's why I'm calling in makers for humankind. It's really to inspire people.
4: Yeah. And I, I want to just go back to something you said earlier, and this is just to remind our listeners too, again, kind of how you came up with this product is being asked the question, how might you change the world? And then the second thing you did was looked at the things that you're most passionate about and your talents, and then seeing how you can apply your talents to how you might change the world. And I, I just think that's a a formula for success, um, especially if you have the right market product market fit.
2: Yeah, I'm really, I'm really big on using all of my talents to leverage the other talent because I feel like people should be, you should be multi-purposed, especially in, you know, today and, you know, today's time you you should be able to know how to do several different things. So, you know, with my graphic design, I'm still going to be doing graphic design, but I'm going to apply my graphic design to my business and, um, you know, all of my other talents as well. You know, one of the big things for me, especially with the competition, was that it was a challenge because I've never pitched before. This was my first pitch. And I knew I had it in me because um, I'm also a teacher. I teach at Baltimore County Public Schools and I talk to my students all the time. And I practiced talking, you know, and it's similar to pitching because you got to pitch, you know, what we're going to be learning today. You know, what are we going to be doing? You have to get people interested. So to transition that talent of teaching to pitching, it was it was worth it because now I know that, hey, I could pitch so I could duplicate the same thing I just did with another
1: competition. But, you know, taking it to another level. You said something earlier to us um, when we had a, a conversation about this show prior to jumping on this recording. You said, talent is, my, talent is graphic design and passion is footwear. And that resonated with me so much because you recognize your talents, as um, Christina just said earlier, but your passion is footwear and you're using your footwear to help other people.
2: Yes, so to even clarify that more, um, I define talent as something that's already in you, and you you learn how to develop that one thing or those things. It's something that you develop, but your passion and your gift is something you already know how to do, so it's like, okay, how do you use your talent? How do you use your your passion so for me i'm I'm merging both I'm merging my passion and my talent together to benefit each other and to benefit other people.
4: And that is your unique value proposition. I think we, you know, all have it and definitely something that we want to bring out as we continue to talk to other entrepreneurs just like yourself. So I, w- I want to ask you a question and I just want you to dream a little bit on this one. And you, you work a lot with different brands. You work a lot with different content creators and creatives. Um, you know you you see kind of the the plethora of design and opportunity that's out there. What is your ultimate um, who, who what who what brand or I'm trying to ask it in a way that I'm not leading what brand or kind of what would what would be the ultimate it for you like you've reached it what what does that look like for you?
2: I thought about this a lot because as a designer you you sort of have to decide whether. You're going to design for a company or are you going to be a company? And for me, you know, even being a teacher, my it is being able to be successful in my business and then also bring it back to the classroom to provide the same opportunities that I got in high school to those kids that also have dreams and passions, right? So that's that's really my like ultimate goal, like to, to bring it back home to invest in our youth because they are, they are they
0: are our future i do too but you know what i've realized we got into we gotten this far in the podcast we've talked a lot about the technology you're working on your passion and you know you've mentioned several times that you're a graphic designer and that's what you do but you haven't gotten a chance to tell the listeners you know what kind of companies and what type of influencers you worked for in the past so I would love it if you could take a moment to just brag about yourself and some of the work you've done before.
2: <laughs> so I've done uh, design work for Hopkins, Johns Hopkins. I worked on several projects with them. Um, I've done work for you know Maryland Health Connection, thanks to Xena. And that was exciting because I got to work on a different level as far as like government type of driven graphic design. I worked with people from Baltimore, including D. Watkins, who was a New York Times bestseller. I worked with Kondwani Fidel. He just he just became the cover of uh, Visit Baltimore. He's one of my good friends. I worked with uh, radio personalities, Raven Paris, who works with 92Q and also DTLR Radio. Um, I worked with a lot of people, and those people became really great relationships and. You know, my goal with my relationships is to to reinvest my talents into them. And they also do the same for me. They bring me new opportunities all the time. We kind of work. It seems like we're working together, but we're working on our own journey along the way.
1: And you've also worked with uh, Ford Motor Company on, on the, her impact as well. You did some design work. And can you talk a little bit about the piece that you worked on for the couple, the artwork that you oh, did? Oh, yeah, yeah. So... I worked on this
2: uh, painting for good friends of mine. They're collectors here in Baltimore. They've collected work from uh, Devin Allen, who's a photographer here in Baltimore. Um, My painting was really like Baltimore centered. It showed, uh, you know, what Baltimore is to me. It had things like row homes, uh, half and half cups, um, like scenery from the Inner Harbor. And they let me create, you know, my vision. Like, how do I see Baltimore? And I think that was very important. And, um, yeah, I love Baltimore. So I just want to keep, you know, doing things here and, Lord willing, you know, in different states as well.
1: All right. Um, well, Micaiah, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, this has been a wonderful experience having you on our show. Um You have done amazing work for Get Found, Get Funded. People love a lot of the um, graphics you've designed. And I know a few people have hit me up about you, um, including a friend of mine um, in L.A. who uses you as well for her projects. And can you tell us a little bit how we can find you? Uh, Where can we find the shoe? And uh, and also, do you plan on being in any more pitch competitions moving forward?
2: Yes, definitely. So you can find me on Instagram. Um, It's my name, Mykia Hughley. And also uh, my brand page, which is Makers for Humankind. Um, I plan on being in another competition. I'm looking into the social innovation lab at Johns Hopkins to cover my um, second phase of my business. So I'm going to be applying to that. I'm also looking into different um sites like girl boss and that's
1: where i'm at now that's my goal great great well thank you again uh everyone for listening to us and thank you for joining this conversation Uh, if you are interested in learning more about get found get funded join us on our website at getfoundgetfunded.com we are also on facebook twitter and instagram thank you mckeia thank you all